Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bare Necessities podcast. I'm your host, Austin. And today we have a wide variety of interesting topics once again. This is, of course, the Green Bay Packers week, the dreaded week of many Bears fans, but one that's going to be very important for the Chicago Bears going forward. Uh, So today we're going to be getting into our Jaguars recap, kind of talking about some lasting impressions from that game. Again, if you guys don't follow us on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to us there. Uh, We post our instant reactions on there right after the game every single Sunday. Uh, But today is some more refined thoughts after looking over some of the film, what we think and what we could hopefully carry over to the Green Bay Packers game. Then we're going to be getting into whether or not the Bears should sign Mitchell Trubisky, uh, the positives, the negatives, maybe some other options that go along with that. And then are the Bears a target for free agents next season? To conclude, we're going to go ahead and wrap up with our Packers preview, uh, talk a little bit about expectations, how we could win the game, and what needs to be done uh, in order for the Chicago Bears to make the playoffs. But before we get into the show, we wanted to give a quick thank you to Not Alejandro, who left a really nice uh, review for us on our Apple podcast back in October. We're sorry we didn't see it till now. Sometimes those can take a little bit to process. Uh, so yeah, if you guys could, that'd be awesome if you continue to rate and review our podcast. We'll give you a little shout out on here uh, when that happens. It helps us really tremendously. It helps our rankings on Apple Podcasts a lot. And long term, it's just going to allow us to create better content, more refined content for you guys going forward. So thank you guys so much. And we hope you enjoy the show. Bear down. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Bear Necessities podcast, the only podcast on Apple's podcast that doesn't sell you erectile dysfunction medication every 15 minutes like all the other Bears podcasts. So you can thank us for that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that was interesting. I didn't even uh, I guess I have to do a little bit more touching up on our competition because I didn't know that they had the leg up on us like that. Yeah, well, they, they, they certainly do. I mean, I don't know. There, there's certain companies uh, that ends with chew and starts with a color that starts with b that uh, seems to be really sponsoring a lot of different podcasts on here um you know if if you have that problem maybe check them out i guess a little free promo don't know if they're good or not maybe they'll sponsor us after this but uh unfortunately we do not have sponsors so we're running we're running a charity here (laughs) We tried to have a few local ones, but, uh, you know, we won't name any names, but they uh, definitely missed up on a big opportunity. That's for sure. We'll just put it that way. 72,000 people. All we were asking for were a couple six packs and they didn't, <laughs> they, they, they didn't, you know, they didn't even, uh, even respond. So, yeah. I mean, that's all right. That's all right. But let, let's go ahead and get into the show. Reese, how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, definitely, it's that interesting week between uh, Christmas and New Year's, but it's been pretty good, and it's definitely been nice to relax at some points. So, uh, you know, hopefully you've had the same opportunity. Yeah, man, it's been a pretty, you know, relaxing time. Uh, as I was telling you before the show, my girlfriend just got her wisdom teeth removed, so uh, that was a little bit of a stressful experience. But, you know, that's that's really about it, man. Um you know, chilling out, got a, actually got a, uh, air fryer, air fryer for Christmas. So that, uh, that's, that's been putting right there, yeah. yeah, that, that's been putting in a little bit of work lately. Uh, made some kale chips out here in California. Those are kind of typical. 
Uh, but yeah, so that was my plans. Uh, but what I'm really excited about is this week talking about some actual uh, Bears, you know, news, some actual excitement. I mean, it seemed like before for pretty much six to seven weeks of the season, so almost half the season, all we were doing is talking about just how bad this Bears team is, all the issues that were consistently there. But now we actually have points to be happy about. If you guys didn't see our YouTube uh, reaction to the Jaguars game, you guys can always catch that pretty much like, I would say about two hours after the game at the latest is typically when we try to post it. Uh, sometimes there's some, you know, scheduling differences we're not able to work through, but typically that's when we post it. So go ahead and check those out after every single game. Um, those, you know, sometimes it, it's kind of interesting because they're kind of up and down as far as viewership goes, but you know, all good on that end. But now today we're going to be going over, you know, a more refined view on this Jaguars game. Uh, Reese, just, I mean, how is this Jaguars game sitting? I mean, the Bears ended up blowing out the team, but does it hold any weight? I mean, this is the this is the worst team in the NFL from, you know, the draft board perspective. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly not an impressive win. It's not, you know, they won it convincing, convincingly, which is, you know, better than just eking it out. And they definitely controlled the game, which I think is something that, you know, they haven't been able to do, you know, in large part for the majority of the season up until recently. So it definitely at least shows growth to me. I think that, you know, it still was an NFL team that they played and, you know, the offense looked, you know, it was running at its best, you know, kind of rhythm and, and harmony that it has all season long and the running game paired with kind of the boot and, you know, some RPOs is really kind of being a simple, you know, pretty easy to adjust formula for Mitchell Trubisky to kind of command this offense out of. And, you know, it's worked out well. Montgomery and this offensive line have really, you know, improved together to, to make a lot of that running game and really be the driving force behind the offense. So I think it was good to see that come alive and, you know, Montgomery passed that 1000 yard rushing mark, of course. So I wasn't, you know, thoroughly impressed, but I also want to acknowledge that, you know, it was kind of a game of first, you know, for this team as far as, you know, coming out after halftime and, and responding really well. They haven't really scored a lot in the third quarter. And, you know, for the first time this season, they came out, played really well and finished the game strong. Yeah, you know, the one thing that we have to at least recognize is that the Bears did blow this team out. And the biggest thing, kind of as you alluded to, we did it in a fashion that's not so typical where we didn't start hot. We almost went into the half tied and then we came out and just, you know, absolutely blew the doors off the gate and really just dominated this game through the third quarter to the point that we had hit 41 points and we're, we ended up taking Trubisky out midway into the fourth quarter. So showing that level of explosiveness is something that's really important to see in a playoff caliber team that, you know, this offense isn't just, you know, playing good. I think they're one of the top scoring offenses in the NFL right now. Definitely top five for sure. They might be the best right now uh, over the past four weeks, if I remember correctly. But nonetheless, you know, if you're a good team, you should be beating up on bad teams. And that's what the Chicago Bears did. Now, if you want to look at, you know, maybe some finer, you know, details of it, some issues that I had with this past game that I didn't necessarily bring up in our, you know, original Jaguars reaction is A, 
we need to get more pressure on the quarterbacks, especially with the amount of money we have invested in this defense. Uh, B, we also need to do a better job of covering, you know, the middle of the field. I feel like Chuck Pagano's defenses are just so soft within 10 yards of uh, the quarterback for the most part until it gets to the red zone, then they tighten it up and then they stop them immediately. I really don't like that. I do not like the bend don't break mentality. And that's not what you should be getting from a defense that you've invested this much money into. Yeah. And I, I agree with that point there, because I think, you know, if you really paired this team consistently, you know, offensively with great field position because they're getting that team off or that opposing offense off the field quick, um, you know, we didn't even reap the benefits of where this offense has gotten, you know, even more. I think Pagano at times, he definitely is a little bit lax. I mean, not even just in the middle of the field, he really likes to give those corners a buffer, you know, of about 10 yards. I mean, he will honestly give you that short passing game all day and allow you to work it down the field. And it's scary because for the teams that are good in the red zone, they're just going to drive all the way down the field and, and then finish it off for some good points. But, you know, luckily, I mean, Personnel-wise, we know this defense is cream of the crop, and you know they've invested a lot of money into it, and it would be good to see more of that pass rush. I think that you know we've seen some of the complementary players along the line, you know, do well, but it's still not quite enough. I think that we still are missing players like Eddie Goldman. I, I do think that Bilal Nichols has been good, but the, you know maybe not quite the level that Eddie Goldman would be consistently playing at. You know, we only see him kind of hit that you know mark every now and then, and. You know, I think Akeem Hicks has been playing a little beat up. He definitely brings the energy all the time. But it would be good to see, you know, consistently for them to get, you know, three, four sack games. And, you know, it's going to be important as it comes down to the line here as they start playing some very important games of the season. And, you know, we'll talk about this later. But if they, you know, end up moving further on to the postseason, getting that kind of pass rush is going to be huge. And I would really like to see, you know, Pagano kind of turn up the aggressiveness a little bit. I mean, if this team could really just feed on, you know, maybe getting a few more turnovers or a few more, you know, negative plays on that offense and, you know, consistently winning that field position battle. I mean, this team is going to be really tough to stop. A big reason why we have seen such a decline as far as statistical numbers from the pass rush is Pagano's willingness to let up the underneath so much throughout the game when teams want to go underneath against the Bears because it takes a lot more time for downfield plays to develop. As a defensive coordinator, I don't see how Chuck Pagano looks at that and says, this is my opportunity to allow these underneath throws. So you pretty much just bully a team into, you know, you know, killing you with paper cuts as the, you know, old cliche goes um, down the field. We, if I was Chuck Pagano right now, I would be daring teams to throw downfield. You know what I'm saying? I'd be getting my corners in press coverage. You know, maybe not Fuller because that's not his strong suit. But Jalen Johnson would always be in press. You know, we'd be maybe not – we would not be blitzing backers. We'd be, you know, keeping them floating around the middle. And we would just be, you know, daring the teams to throw downfield. Go back to the Eddie Jackson, you know, back when he was getting all those picks. What was he doing? He was playing single deep, right? He was playing where he was the only player in the back of that in the in the backfield or sorry deep in the backfield. And since we've seen us go to you know playing more two deep, you know, playing more off man zone coverages, we've seen a lot more effectiveness and efficiency from other offenses. They may not score, but still not making the field position game 
all that great. And it's not, and it's limiting us extensively in our big play potential. You know, we're not getting the sacks. We're not getting the turnovers because quarterbacks aren't making reckless plays downfield. That was the one thing Vic Fangio was really good at. You know, he was almost at times too conservative in the way that he rushed linebackers or sorry, inside linebackers, should I say, because we're in this, you know, what we call a three, four, which is really just a five, two nowadays. Uh, but it, it's one of those it's one of those things where we need to see more aggressiveness from Pagano. We need to see more consistency. Rush if you have to rush three linemen. You know, drop, if you even want to try to drop. You know, I I wouldn't even mind the occasional were drop back from Mac. I don't. I think he should be pass rushing every play. But it was working for Vic Fangio, and uh, we just have not seen that from Chuck Pagano. Yeah, like the creativity and like zone blitzes. I mean, I think that'd be the next, that's like the next kind of thing that really put this defense over the top is if they had some of those creative blitz packages. And, you know, earlier on in the season, they didn't really have that opportunity to be that creative because they're constantly on the field. So they kind of had to stay in base and, you know, constantly be ready to to play if teams were driving down the field, you know, maybe not letting them substitute. They had to stay pretty simple with what they want to do. But, you know, now since they've, you know, had a little more time to collect their breasts, you know, on the sideline and, you know, a little bit of time to pour over what's, what's completely going on, what the offense is doing. I think that, you know, adding a few zone blitzes where, you know, I agree. I want to see Mac rushing the passer about 95% of the time, but you know, if he has to, uh, drop back in the coverage and you can kind of, you know, maybe sneak, you know, whoever the nickelbacker is on that package or, you know, Maybe you add in, you drop back Mac, and then you bring Trevathan or Roquan. Just one of them, you know, kind of throw things off a little bit, get the def- or get the offense, you know, having to think about even more with this defense is only going to only gonna put this defense into a better position. But I think that, you know, Pagano is very set in his ways of, you know, how he likes to do things. And every now and then he'll give a kind of creative wrinkle. But I'm definitely not expecting him to, to change things up you know, to a very sizable margin. I think that he's going to rather stay par for the course and we're going to kind of just have to be left dreaming with what more this defense could do. But I I think there's certainly parts of Fangio's defenses that we we crave these days. And it's just because Pagano just isn't fully extracting potential out of the players, but he still puts out a, a rather good defense. You know, I just really hope that we can get back I think that Chuck Pagano, regardless of what happens, should probably be fired towards the end of the season. This defense, with the amount of talent, the names associated with it, the draft picks, I mean, this is, quite frankly, the best defense in the league as far as names go um, on paper when you look at it. And the fact that we have not been performing towards the latter half of the season at that level, I mean, that's very concerning to me. I, I feel like Chuck Pagano is almost calling this defense the same way he called some of his later Colts defenses when they didn't have as much talent. And you look at it and you're like, okay, you know, this type of defense makes a lot of sense for if you have, you know, guys that are young playing, you know, guys that aren't super experienced, not the best guys, because a bend don't break defense will work for teams with maybe a lacking a little bit of talent a lot of stunts on the front line will help get, you know, players open that aren't necessarily the most talented, you know, that's how green Bay was getting, what was it? Uh, 
Tyler Fackrell, 10 sacks in a season. And to a certain extent, it's really helped a lot of their current pass rushers like Zadarius Smith also put up a lot bigger numbers than he would in almost any other defensive scheme. So stuff like that, you know, things it's like Mac, you don't need to have Mac twist around the line. You really don't. You need, you don't need Robert Quinn to twist around the line. Just let them set up and play the linemen how they want to play them. You know, maybe for maybe for Bilal Nichols and Akeem Hicks, and if Eddie Goldman was here, that would make a little more sense, giving some twists and turns. But for right now, I mean, this is a talented team. You know, you don't need these edge rushers to be all in these creative blitz packages or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that, you know, some creative... I, I like some of the creative blitz packages. Should I, say, I mean, should I say twists and turns? Yeah, I, I think that, like, the stunts and all that. And, yeah, it's stunts. You know, really working over the defensive line and, and how they're organizing and all that. I think that, you know, that maybe is a little bit what this team doesn't quite need. Because I agree, someone like Max should really just kind of have the ability to, to call their own shots and work the line... Uh, tackle however they want but you know I, I think that with with Pagano we just kind of have to accept what we're gonna get and I think that you know I would agree I think that it would be good if they moved on because I think a lot of defensive coordinators could get this level of production from this defense just by kind of you know keeping it pretty simple keeping it pretty plain and easy but you know what we saw with Fangio with what I think you would agree with less talent, even on those defenses back then, which, you know, was kind of hard to believe because of the level they played at. But I think that, you know, you give Fangio this personnel right now, the defense that he'd be able to put together would be quite amazing. So it'd be good to get, you know, of course, you know, people would say, oh, why not just bring Fangio back? I mean, that's a whole different situation with how his job security is at in Denver. From what I've heard, it's safe. I think that's a great idea. I wish that we could. (laughs) Right. It's a great idea. But, you know, someone... Someone else, similar name, I think, just at least to shake things up and maybe get some new ideas would would be beneficial. Yeah, and I would be even down to have like a Fangio disciple or someone who's previously worked under uh, Fangio for, with us to go ahead and take over that position. I mean, look at how you know Brandon Staley has been doing with the Rams. I mean, he has turned that defense into an elite defense. Leonard Floyd has became a great player, uh, and they. I mean, you want to talk? Sure, they have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, but. Outside of them, who does this defense have? You know, they do not have the type of talent that the Chicago Bears have. The lack of, I mean, the Chicago Bears have literally, quite frankly, well, right now because of Eddie Goldman opting out, it's not really that. But quite frankly, the Chicago Bears, when healthy, have no holes on defense, not a single hole on defense. It's all completely patched up, experienced players, good players, above average players. I mean, really the worst player on this defense when all the starters are playing is honestly to Sean Gibson <laughs> and he he's a good yeah. player you know what I'm saying and, and but you know it's it is what it is at this point and it's almost like the creativity he brings you know it just isn't at the right times it's not the type of creativity we need and then he's lacking the cre- type of creativity we do need and it's just a ton of it's just really a ton of different problems and you know I think fan or sorry Pagano He's put together a couple of really, really well-called games for the Bears, though. That's the one thing I do have to say. Like, the Bucks game, he did a fantastic job with that game. His game plan was perfect. But then there's other games, like, really, the Bucks. you're going to... Like, the Bucks in the beginning were moving the ball on us. You know what I'm saying? They're, they were moving it pretty quickly. He adjusted, but they were moving it pretty quickly. 
And just some of the teams that we left put up some decent numbers on us. You're just like, how the hell this like the 2018 defense would have never and you know that's the one thing with Vic Fangio is he was always consistently good very rarely did I ever see a game where I was like man Fangio just did not call that game right the defense just did not look right but funny enough now we're towards the end of the season and by the way a lot of this has to do with I mean this defense has probably played like I guess maybe three or four more games already in game time than any other defense in the, you know, than a normal defense would in the NFL. I I can't tell you the exact statistic, but I know that that was pretty similar to what they were doing in 2019. And this year didn't go that much greater than the early parts of 2019 towards the middle of the season. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is players are getting tired and towards the end of the season. I mean, it takes a toll on your body and we have a couple of injuries in the backfield, but it needs to be fixed before this coming week, but we'll get into that, you know, in a uh, little bit. Yeah. And I, I think kind of just to sum it all up, I think, you know, one thing we didn't really quite hit on or, you know, we kind of alluded to, but didn't say a name is I think we just kind of crave turnovers and, you know, the Pagano defense really doesn't create as many turnovers as, you know, with Fangio seem like you're getting an easy two to three a game. And, you it know, it's almost those- guaranteed. It felt like. Right, and those kind of situations that just set you up so perfectly to score are oftentimes giving you a very favorable field position. But, yeah, we can go ahead and move on from that. Yeah, well, one quick note I want to make. Bilal Nichols has been an absolute stud, and I cannot wait till Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols, and Akeem Hicks hit the field together next year. I mean, that's going to be insane. And, by the way, I mean, Bilal Nichols, he's going to be our replacement for Akeem Hicks long-term. He has just really developed into a really, really good player. And he is one of the, you know, key staples on this defense going forward. And, you know, it's good that we have a couple of those because, you know, guys like Robert Quinn, even Khalil Mack, uh, Akeem Hicks, you know, they're getting older. We, we need to find some long-term replacements for them. And it's good that we have that. One quick last note on the offense, too. Just overall, you know, Trubisky, he played, after looking at the film a little bit more, he played okay. But, man, he needs to learn how to hit a downfield pass. He needs to learn how to hit a damn downfield pass because it just seems like anything over. And we we were looking at the advanced statistics uh, the other day. I mean, and they they show the exact same thing as what it shows on the film. It just seems like he cannot hit a downfield pass to save his life. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think, you know, one of the things that I looked at heading into the season was you know when we were comparing Foles and, and Trubisky was Trubisky's footwork especially in the 2019 season and you know that kind of brought a lot of the criticism you know about with you know his accuracy issues you know him not being able to pass this deeper than 10 yards you know and there's a lot of metrics that support that I mean you even just sent me the passer rating statistics for you know what he's been doing all season and He's has great passer rating from behind the line of scrimmage out to 10 yards. But as soon as it hits that 10 yards, it immediately drops off. And it's what I think from like 10 yards plus to the left side, he is like as an abysmal. Yeah, it's zero. It's been zero lately. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, to kind of just elaborate more, it's a lot of times he's just not really getting set. And I think it was the Jimmy Graham one. You know, I can't remember exactly at what point in the game it was, but you know, he had him down wide the right open si- in the middle down of the, the right sideline, third quarter. Looked like he was about jumping, almost jump past it because his legs were so squirrely. And it's just 
there's still these moments where, it, you know, if he is set, has both feet on the ground, is able to just step into that pass, that 100% should be completed. And he sailed it over him. And that's just not acceptable. And we can get into it more later on. I don't know when you want to go into the whole Trubisky part of it. But I think that there's still a lot of concerns that I have with him, you know, and he's been able to to do what's been asked of him. But I really think that's about it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and we're we're literally about to get into talking more about Trubisky, but when talking specifically about this game, a little bit of this could be, you know, there are clear mechanical issues with Trubisky that he needs to improve on. Um, you know, it's typical of young quarterbacks, but he certainly is no, you know, he certainly very, definitely has some mechanical issues. Like that is not even a debatable point at this, you know, at this level of his career. Uh, with, with his hips, it's pretty clear and simple he doesn't really follow he he never he doesn't have his arm follow his hips which is a really key quarterback uh mistake that you tend to see in really young players that they tend to get it you know figured out and it because of that it really limits his accuracy downfield he could have an even bigger arm than what he has currently which he's not lacking arm strength in the slightest but he could have a even much bigger arm if he could just learn how to use his damn hips in his swing he's improved but the thing that has always been really confusing to me is why in 20, I don't know if you remember this, but in 2018, it seemed like he was hitting downfield passes at least somewhat consistency. Maybe not the most consistent, but certainly far beyond more consistently than what he is now. Now, is that a... Is that because he had the full off season? Is that because he had the full season to kind of hammer it out? Or is there something that has actually changed that has not allowed him to make those because I remember one pass in particular was to uh if you remember the Miami Dolphins game to Taylor Gabriel down the left sideline right. uh probably, probably like 40 yard pass Taylor Gabriel had a nice adjustment but man he was hitting those he had a ton of them in the Bucks game I just I, I don't know what what happened was he just less disturbed with the line I know the line was playing better or is it a fundamental new flaw in his throw yeah, and, and you know, you know the also curious part about that is it almost always seemed to be to Taylor Gabriel too. Mm-hmm. It was one of his best deep targets, and he was so small. And, and yeah. I know it wasn't just that against the Dolphins. I feel like maybe he also had a really good catch against the Redskins too. Taylor Gabriel, maybe yeah, in he did. Yeah, yeah, in the right side of the side in the end zone, right at the half. Yeah, and it's just very odd to me that he was able to pick some of that out. But I, you know, I don't quite understand what has happened i mean of course in 2019 that's really when he could not hit a pass downfield I mean, no. it was really honestly eyeballing Allen robinson all the time and completing relatively short passes to him i think that you know maybe why we're not seeing it happen as much as you know a little bit as he's not able to open up the field as much like right now i think you know maybe there's a little bit of those limitations on the playbook but at the same time, you still see them try to stretch the field a decent amount. It just doesn't seem like he can ever really quite get it there. And it's a lot of times when he misses, what really throws me off is they're not near misses. He misses by like, you know, five yards sometimes. Specifically in specifically in 2019, that was the worst. He was missing receivers by, yeah, five, ten yards sometimes. That that was terrible. And I think really what the core of it is is that Trubisky is just re- really bad at handling processing power. 
Like, you know, like it, he's, he's one of those quarterbacks where when he's comfortable, his mechanics look fine. You know, that's what I've noticed at least throughout watching a, good, a really good amount of Trubisky film at this point. But when he's in a situation where he's not processing correctly, his mechanics can slip. And on top of that, he gets to reads very late. So he'll see the right throw, but then because he takes too long to really, you know, set himself and, and get there, you know, and he's already noticing it when he should have been throwing the ball that the receiver's open, then he tries to make a play and then the receiver doesn't know exactly what to do. And it's it a just becomes an issue. Yeah, a lot of it is a timely issue. And that's why, I mean, one of the easiest damn passes for Trubisky, if you want to look at or for young quarterbacks, is just the little over the field in the middle crossing routes, you know, not the yes. RPO types. Of just course. The, yeah. You know what I'm saying? The, the Baker Mayfield special, as I like to call it, the man who can't throw to the, uh, to the outside of the sidelines. But Trubisky, N- N- Nagy never uses those plays. And the times he used to use them, they would go terribly. And I think it's because he would throw picks on them all the time. They, the, he would never get through the reads at the right timing, at the right pace. And you know, it he's playing well right now, but that is a that is a limitation in his game, and that's what has led to a lot of inaccuracies. So that's why I go into this season and I wonder, you know, in 2018 it seemed pretty clear that Nagy was trying to kind of handicap the playbook a little bit, just do things that wasn't really sustainable. My question is now that Trubisky is getting more time in this new, you know, version of the Chicago Bears offense. It's a very Sean Payton-esque, very, you know. Kyle Shanahan-esque in the way that it's ran, will Trubisky be able to develop and hit those downfield throws that he missed this previous week? Yeah, you know, I, I think that's kind of the the golden question. I think my answer is that I, I don't think he will. I, I don't think at least under this Me regime neither. with with this kind of, you know, the kind of development, the kind of, you know, train that he's had under Matt Nagy, I think, you know, clearly would have seen some progression and, and not regression, you know, over Nagy's coaching time. And, you know, I, I think a lot of it is just kind of says a lot about who he is as a quarterback with his inability to make those kind of plays. And, you know, he doesn't quite get frazzled. He doesn't really crack under pressure. But situationally, it, it seems like he kind of he can hit a rut. And, you know, once he kind of starts to get off his game, you know, the timing can fall apart. I mean, how many times have we seen Trubisky start a game fast and start a game looking great? You know, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of times he comes out the gate and he is ready to go. His timing is looking on. He's ready to complete some passes. You know, he can even, you know, complete some passes that, you know, he doesn't typically make. And then as the game goes on, you know, sometimes it's a rough game for him. It really starts to just fall off and he's not really able to quite find his game again. So a lot of it does kind of come down to that timing, just kind of, you know, f- game flow. He doesn't, doesn't quite excel in that. And, you know, recently I think, you know, we've kind of seen a bit of improvement as far as, you know, that game flow. I think, you know, we saw probably the biggest step that I've seen in Trubisky's, you know, IQ, football IQ is his ability to work the cadence like we've seen the past couple, you know, weeks. Mm-hmm. And they really highlight a lot, a lot in this past game. But he's been getting people to jump in. And never would I really thought that, you know, Trubisky was going to be, you know, one of those quarterbacks is good at getting, you know, those extra little freebie five yards. You know, of course, Aaron Rodgers is known for it because, you know, he gets it all the time. But, you know, Trubisky is quietly, he's been getting good at it, you know. But we don't see enough of that. We, we should be seeing that in all areas of his game. And, you know... 
we forget, you know, we get, you know, we get comfortable, if, you know, with how long he's been at this position. And, you know, we keep getting the same thing. I think that, you know, he were kind of just in a good phase of Trubisky. And it wouldn't surprise me if, and it can come at any moment, we just start seeing more of that bad that we, you know, are kind of trying to repress in our memories right now. The thing is, is that Trubisky, and we're about to get into whether we should extend him or not in one second, but Trubisky, if he could develop that downfield passing game, he could be a very good quarterback in this offense. Like, but that is such a huge ask and such a huge bet because he's shown, he has not shown that competency at this level of his career. But if he could, if he, if he would hit just even what was given to him, he does. I'm not saying he has to be like Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes and make a play where he throws it, you know, 40 yards deep and, and just by fitting it in such a tight window, he's able to complete it. I'm not saying that's who Trubisky needs to be. But if he could just get what he was given, Trubisky could become a very similar quarterback to someone like an Alex Smith. You know, that he has his limitations, but ultimately you can win with him and you can win a good amount. You can He can take you to the playoffs every single year. That being said, um, with a good offensive coordinator, I know Alex Smith isn't the kind of the same guy he was when he was down there in Kansas City. But, you know, let's let's just go ahead and move on to whether or not we should extend Trubisky. Because this is the question that all Chicago Bears fans are asking themselves right now. And, you know, to be fair, it's a fair one because he's been playing really well statistically compared to other points of his career. His best football, probably. Yeah, it, yeah, his best football statistically. I, you know, this is this is difficult because we were, I mean, we were just talking about it. If he would have, if he performed like he did over just his start, the games he started and finished completely over the entire year, he'd be on pace for like 45 touchdowns right now, which is crazy to think about. Now, yeah. now, I think that we have to be very clear because when people say, should we extend Trubisky? That is such a loaded question, you know? That's not an easy question to ask because it's like, okay, well, what are we going to pay him? You know, what are, is he the future? Is that what the plan is that he's going to be the future moving forward? Or is he the temporary solution? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not, it's not an easy question. You can't just go, oh yeah. I mean, he's performing good. And you know, right now that's what, that's, what's going well. And that's, that's why we should extend him. And that question, that specific question has led to players like Jared Goff getting massive contract extensions that are killing their teams right now because they're not good quarterbacks. You know, I think right now that Trubisky can be a Jimmy Garoppolo for the Chicago bears. And that's what, that's what I think he is kind of being right now. And that's what I think he will become if he stays with this team is he can be a player that you could, you know, if everything aligns correctly one year, you can go to the Super Bowl with him maybe, but until everything aligns, he's going to limit your ceiling significantly. I don't think Trubisky will ever be a Josh Allen. I don't think so either. I think the Garoppolo comparison is interesting. You know, I think, 
as far as who they are as a quarterback, I think that they're different people, but as far as how they can be used and their weaknesses masked within an offense, yes, I, I do agree in that right and kind of that, you know, I very much feel that the Bears are still winning in spite of Trubisky. I think that, you know, his success, you know, within the offense has been, you know, due to a number of factors, but one of them being that, you know, he's still not quite tested and they're aligned to kind of operate in a very, you know, his own niche within the playbook that he feels comfortable with in a, in a comfort zone in which, you know, he's not being overly stressed out. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, you know, his kind of game flow isn't getting interrupted, you know, he's not, you know, losing kind of his judgmental abilities. He's just playing where he likes to play. Um, with that being said, you know, this Bears offense could achieve just so much more with, you know, a variety of quarterbacks with, you know, different skill sets. I think that, you know, this offense, what we've seen is should be inspiring to us in that, you know, imagine what we could have if we had a much better quarterback. If we had a true fan franchise quarterback, where this offense could really be then because, you know, Hey, you know, yeah, we played the Jaguars, but we just put up 41 points. I mean, imagine how quickly mm-hmm. we could get to that number with a quarterback that can really throw some darts. I mean, if we're talking about someone that's, you know, our Mahomes, you know, I'm not saying they have to be like Mahomes or our Rodgers, like a true franchise quarterback. And then the best part is that you can consistently wait on them to bring you success for years and years. Um, I think with Trubisky, we constantly wait for each kind of like swing, you know, and momentum and in trend is to, mm-hmm. you know, are we going to get the good? Are we going to get the bad? And, you know, with a franchise quarterback, they all have off games. I mean, you know, sometimes they even have off seasons, but, you know, a lot of times they kind of get back to that regular playing form or they can find their groove and be consistently playing at a high level. And at no point, you know, can I really say Trubisky has hit that. And we're kind of only for the first time seeing it, now and I'm still not sold yeah I mean we have to be honest with ourselves no matter what numbers he's putting up Trubisky is not a top 15 quarterback you know and he won't be unless God you know God forbid the thing happens that we talked about all this offseason where he just wakes up and learns how to play football you know like he just wakes up and all of a sudden becomes a much better processor, understands defenses a lot better. But the thing is, Trubisky, he is someone who we have been winning with and can clearly lead an explosive offense. You know, the 2018 offense was pretty good too. You know, top 10 scoring offense for the entire season. How we've played over the past four weeks. While that being said, all against defenses that are definitely in the bottom half of the NFL, if you don't say bottom third of the NFL. These are, you know, he's performing well against bad teams the way you expect, but it, it we're really going to have to see, and this week is going to be extremely important, and it will probably answer our question as to whether he will get re-signed or not. But Trubisky is, is a flawed quarterback, and we have to come to grips with it. Can we potentially win with him? If that's, if that's the solution, you're, if, that's the, if that's the statement, then yeah, I do think that the Chicago Bears could win a couple playoff games given the right situation with Mitchell Trubisky. But the thing is that we really need to ask ourselves before we go any further is, is Trubisky the quarterback? Like, is it, is Trubisky the reason why we're seeing this success or is it the scheme around him? 
And I think your and my answer are very clear, Reese. That we both we both believe it's the scheme, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say it's definitely uh definitely the scheme. <laughs> yeah, so we we both believe it's the scheme around him. I mean, it it's easy to see just how it's changed and really it's simplicity. Um, and it seems like Matt Nagy is really holding him up right now. Now that kind of needs to be understood before we further the question. Now, the other thing is how many other quarterbacks in the NFL can play in the position that Mitchell Trubisky is, how many top 20 quarterbacks, how many top 32 quarterbacks and get the same amount of results. It may not be every single starting quarterback right now. It definitely isn't, but there's a good amount that could be performing at the same level Trubisky is if they were given that situation. Now, we also need to ask ourselves, how many of these free agent quarterbacks, how many of the quarterbacks in the draft can be putting up these numbers that Trubisky's putting up? And I would say, you know, a, a good chunk of them, a good chunk of them, I think, in their rookie year could be performing, maybe not putting up the same numbers per se, but performing at a very high level in this offensive scheme. Or maybe that's in their second year. And then after that, give us so much potential beyond that. And that's why I do, I think that, sure, if we want to sign Mitchell Trubisky to an extension, but he's not the solution, okay. But I don't agree with that we that we should bet on him being the future again because we've done it for two seasons already and it just has not worked. And just because the cards are aligning right now, it does not mean that given a full, you know, season or off season, or given whatever, that he should be the guy going forward. Now, again, another thing that people want to bring up is, oh, the Bears don't have a high first-round pick. You know who didn't have a high first-round pick when they drafted Patrick Mahomes? The Kansas City Chiefs. They traded their second first-round pick. Trading two first-round picks to get your franchise quarterback or a quarterback that you view as your future is nothing. It truthfully, it is nothing. Do you think that the, the Kansas City Chiefs that they could do it again? They trade four first round picks to get Patrick Mahomes. Okay, it, yeah. the, it that doesn't really matter. You know, the fact yes, we're not going to have the highest first round pick, but we are absolutely in play for any of the quarterbacks on the board. And then the last point I want to make before I pass it over to you, Reese, we know for sure one player could run that will be available that can run the scheme to the same effectively effectiveness as Trubisky and beyond because he can actually hit a downfield pass. And that player is Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is going to be available. Okay. And if it, you know, he, as much as people want to deny it, he is a much better processor than Trubisky. You know, sure. He makes the, some of the same boneheaded mistakes and you, there's a good argument. You could say that he might not necessarily be the, franchise quarterback of the future either but he seems like he has a better chance than Trubisky because he can hit downfield passes and he is a much better processor so he has a lot of growth there he's been absolutely abused by this Jets team and still flashed pretty consistently and at the same time while people want to say oh he said he saw ghosts I mean yeah, what 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 was Nick Foles doing? What was Trubisky doing early on in the year? I mean, he what was Trubisky doing on that play we just saw this past weekend where he threw that terrible interception? Sure, he may not have been under a, an abundance of pressure, but it was clearly the wrong decision. And it's almost worse to say that it's almost worse because he did that while not being abused in the same way Sam Darnold was. So those are those are just some you know quick little takes. We can go further on, but what do you think, Reese? Yeah, I think a lot of people, because I think, you know, there's a kind of a split amongst Bears fans as to whether or not 
you know, they should bring back Trubisky in, in whatever manner, you know, whatever kind of contract that looks like. I mean, for me, I think it would have to be a, an affordable, you know, kind of backup like deal. You know, I'm not quite sure, you know, as Trubisky's, far as how it would be. Trubisky will get $20 million from a NFL team. So I think that's going to be what we'd have to pay for him, if I'm being honest. Okay, which I think is, is probably fair. You know, it seems like he's probably at least played his way into, a, you know, another starting job you know i don't know what team that would be for but probably probably a bad team (laughs) um (laughs) but uh i think that it's gonna be interesting because i think a lot of people are working on the assumption that you know whoever the next quarterback brought in if it's a younger quarterback i think people are thinking they're gonna sit him for a couple years so that also kind of plays into the equation is Okay, if we're drafting a young quarterback, are we playing them right away or are we, you know, letting them sit? Which kind of that makes your Sam Darnold versus Trubisky debate kind of even more relevant as to, Mm -hmm. you know, who do you actually want to be playing if the Bears do decide to go out there and draft a quarterback? Let's say, you know, we'll just say hypothetically they get Zach Wilson. You know, I'm not sure if that'll happen or not, but hypothetically the Bears get Zach Wilson, you know, do they sit him? You know, would you rather have Darnold play in front of him? Would you rather have Trubisky, you know, play in front of him? Who would mm-hmm. actually be the better example, you know? And, you know, I would, like, I'm down for that plan. You know, if you want to sign Mitchell Trubisky, even though you have Nick Foles under contract, which if, if we re-sign Trubisky looks like a terrible mistake, right, at that point, um, even though we have Nick Foles under contract who could, you know, maybe get us through a couple games in the season until a quarterback is ready to actually start for us in the same way that, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick did for Tua uh, for Miami or for uh, Tyrod Taylor and, and uh, uh, Justin Herbert, Herbert your, your boy Herbert. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, if you want to say that, okay, but if you want if you want to make this transition easy on an, on your rookie quarterback that you bring in, signing Trubisky makes a lot of sense. And that is the one scenario where I am okay with signing Trubisky. I am not going to believe that Trubisky is our quarterback of the future until that shows itself. You know, Trubisky hasn't shown that to us yet. And we, again, we've been sold that for two years. It's a little bit too late now, you know? It's just too much too late. And we're going to talk about are the Bears uh, target for free agents going forward uh, in a little bit. But I also can't, don't think that a lot of free agents would be too interested in playing for a team where Mitchell Trubisky is the head of it when they've also seen the same thing on the field. You know what I'm saying? They, 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 a lot of teams, a lot of NFL players don't think Trubisky's all that great. I mean, hell, even Bears players were liking, uh, things about Sam Newton or sorry, Cam Newton, Sam Newton, Cam Newton and, (laughs) and Tom Brady, uh, coming to the Chicago bears. So, so clearly there's even internally a little bit of angst. And I know maybe now that's kind of subsiding, but I, I, I cannot be sold. Trubisky is our starter going forward. If they, if the bears want to resign Trubisky to a deal that we could transition off of it, when we also draft a young quarterback and go, all out for one season to get our quarterback of the future, especially in a quarterback draft that's a, that's as deep as this one. Okay, I'm fine with that. Even if Trubisky plays for the entire year next year, I think a huge issue where we went wrong with Trubisky is not sitting him. That's good quarterback development. 
you know, it, that's good quarterback development to have a starter that you're comfortable with and, and someone you bring in. That's kind of what happened with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes with Alex Smith. I would be happy with that. But what I'm not gonna what I'm not gonna take is just only Mitchell Trubisky. That I think would be a colossal mistake. Yeah, I, I would. Be, I was about to jump in and talk about that. Like if they if the plan was just to go on Trubisky, like oh man, like no way. That's definitely should not be the direction of this team. I think, you know, if they end up do extending Trubisky, the goal, you know, at the end of that contract should be that Trubisky's not starting on the field, you know, for the end of that contract. I think. You know, the goal should be to get him on the bench and to develop his successor. You know, personally, I just don't believe that Trubisky is a long-term solution for quarterback. I've been rather, you know, set on that, you know, decision for a while now. And, you know, even though he's, you know, had a bit of an uptick in his production, his quality of play recently, I think that, you know, it would be very tough for me to to be sold that Trubisky should – remain the starter you know long term for this team plus there's a lot of quality guys possibly coming available in free agency uh you know someone that is rumored about potentially come like going becoming a free agent is matt ryan which while you can say all you want about matt ryan he certainly has his flaws but he he has processing power he can hit downfield passes he has a good release and while he he's definitely prone to some mistakes, I, I guarantee you that Matt Ryan is a better quarterback right now than Mitchell Trubisky, as as it, as as that sounds. It's an interesting set of names. I mean, not to really promote any or say it to be good or bad, but when you have names like Carson Wentz, you know, Matt Ryan, even Matthew Stafford. Matthew Matt, Stafford would potentially huge. potentially Drew Brees and I know people are gonna be like Drew, oh my God Drew no Brees. Drew Brees but but also we have to remember I mean we just saw Tom Brady move teams and I, I feel like a lot of people thought that like that would never happen so <laughs> Brees could definitely end up moving teams you know rather soon if if Brees becomes a free agent this year which there's a major possibility there's an out in his contract and before the season even started sean payton said that this is drew Brees' last year okay and he likes Taysom hill i don't see the appeal all that much you know he's played good in spurts but if drew breeze becomes a free agent he's coming to the chicago bears because ryan pace is absolutely obsessed with drew Brees. he talks about him all the time he worked with him they, he was a part of the crew that brought him in and, I mean, what else do you want than a player than, like, Drew Brees? And it would fit Matt Nagy very well, too. Drew Brees would execute this offense perfectly for Matt Nagy, the current one that we have. It's a good it's a good fit, you know what I'm saying? But, I mean, other names, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford would throw for 50 touchdowns in this offense. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not like kidding. 5,500 5, yards. <laughs> if, if Trubisky is on pace for five or for. 45 touchdowns if he did this for an entire season and they showed no stopping as to his production level Matthew Stafford would throw 50 touchdowns in this offense man like he hits those downfield throws he will offer you that added explosiveness similar to Sam Darnold except for his entire career he was abused by this Lions team and I you know there's a lot of rumors a lot of beat reporters think that the Lions are going to let go of him man if he does that or if they do that that would be the most perfect opportunity for this franchise. Literally, something, nothing better could have happened than that. So, And then the one last thing I want to add with Mitchell Trubisky, people need to remember that we don't have a lot of salary cap this year. 
And losing someone like Allen Robinson to get in Matthew Stafford makes a lot of sense, or even Drew Brees makes a lot of sense. But even if we re-sign Mr. Trubisky, it's going to become incredibly hard to re-sign Allen Robinson. So you have to consider that as well. So not only could you potentially get Sam Darnold because he's going to be on a rookie contract, but you'd be also able to maintain Allen Robinson. I guarantee you that that duo is going to do a lot better than Mitchell Trubisky with Darnell Mooney alone as his number one receiver. Yeah. Well, I think that, you know, kind of our jumping into some of the free agent quarterbacks serves as a wonderful transition to kind of get into, <laughs> you know, what the you know, Bears free agent, you know, how they look from from the free agent standpoints from a lot of these players, you know, a lot of times I think, you know, maybe it's more apparent in other sports like the NBA, but being a destination for free agents to go to makes a huge difference as to, you know, huge what difference. kind of players you can bring in and, you know, whether or not you can actually bring in some of the top players. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, for the offense and the defense, the outlook is a little bit different. I think that, you know, basically anyone is willing to come to play for this defense because they feel like they're kind of joining, you know, something very elite, you know, all pretty – you know, defense is always kind of a very team mentality kind of thing. Of course, the, the end goal is to, you know, stop, you know, the team from scoring. And it's kind of a unifying thing as to, you know, offense is definitely still a team thing. But, you know, there's still a little bit. You get more of those individual kind of players that, you know, maybe they're a little more flashy. And you can still see that in defense, too. But usually it's more team oriented. And, you know, I feel like this defense really does not have a lot of trouble bringing people in. But, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you know, what do you think, Austin? You know, you're maybe a, a wide receiver. You're a quarterback. You're looking at whether or not you should join this Bears team. What does it look like? I mean, if I'm a wide receiver, I'm not joining this team unless there's a different quarterback, if I'm being completely honest. Because even Allen Robinson, who's a good wide receiver, for you know, we do give him a little – we say he's a little overrated sometimes, but – even his numbers, you can tell, are limited at times because of Mitchell Trubisky. Darnell Mooney has been missed so many times by Mitchell Trubisky. He he would be having a much better statistical season if he was drafted by a different team. You know, the, our wide receivers are going to be limited here. Now, if you go ahead and we're talking about a quarterback perspective, then yeah. I mean, this is the, with maybe the exception of the Colts, this is the premier destination for a free agent quarterback. And it might get a little tricky because we're going to need to make some moves to fit certain quarterbacks under the cap, or they're going to have to, you know, be willing to delay some of that money into future years. Certain things are going to need to be done to fit someone like a Matthew Stafford under our salary cap this year. And we would lose someone like Allen Robinson probably if that happened. But that being said, I mean, this team, it, has drafted extremely well over the past couple of years, you know, even without first round picks. Now you have a, you know, what's looking to be a, you know, top 20 first round pick probably. Uh, you have that, you have, you know, all your draft capital, you have in the future, a lot of continuity. Look, I mean, you look at the offensive line, you have a lot of young pieces there. This defense, I mean, Eddie Jackson's young, you have Bilal Nichols, Roquan Smith is blossoming. You still have Khalil Mack for a while. I mean, Darnell Mooney, you know, then you have, you know, right now, David Montgomery is playing like a top five running back. You have tons of talent across the board and even this injured offensive line, which is going to almost certainly draft an offensive lineman in the first or second round to replace Bobby Massey or Charles Leno Jr. 
you have you have all of this available to you and then on top of that an elite defense you know it, it the bears are for sure a top destination for quarterback but for wide receivers i mean it's just really hard to say until we figure out what's going to be going on at the quarterback position i think some hesitance uh would be i think even the one thing that could potentially even make it worse honestly is if we go the uh rookie quarterback route because i feel like receivers wouldn't like that sort of guessing game they'd rather go with an established name uh and also maybe go through a season with a rookie but yeah man i mean the bears are a really a team that is locked and loaded ready to go just waiting for their franchise quarterback yeah and i at least think it's good from that quarterback you know standpoint because I do think that it's good to to draft and develop a quarterback within your system, but at the same time, you know, this is a team that's starving for for a quarterback that can really thrive at the position and, and you know, kind of take up that franchise quarterback role. And if it came in, in the form of a free agent, then, you know, fine, so be it. I mean, that's how it goes. And, you know, I definitely agree with, you know, the point that you know the offensive line is slowly getting better and hopefully the hope is that they can strengthen that make a few moves over this next offseason to to really shore that up and be a, a rather top unit and you know hopefully keep the running game going and you know whether the situation with Allen robinson however that pans out still some you know a decent wide receiving cast you know maybe we'll have you know some new faces on it you know at the start of next year but you know you have to think that it's a pretty optimal situation and you do have that good defense so you know a lot of things that a quarterback would look out for you know they can have it and get it here and hopefully i think the other part that comes along with that is just the management and, and coaching that's willing to work with that and continue to to move and improve and try to retool and, and find complementary pieces that are going to help whoever takes up that role succeed which is also another huge part. And, you know, I just kind of threw that little wide receiver part out there. I, you know, like you said, the, the whole cap situation really makes this offseason. It's going to be extremely intriguing to really pay attention to because there's going to be a lot of interesting moves. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of names kind of linger out there in free agency that we wouldn't really see linger out, you know, as, you know, not on a team for as long as they would in this year. So it's going to be really interesting to watch and see how it all plays out and, you know, you surely have to think that the Bears are going to be active, you know, even though they've started to find some success. I think it's still clear that they need to improve on a lot of areas. And I guess we'll kind of see how it all kind of works out. And a lot of it depends on, you know, how the Bears finish the season, you know, how it ends and, you know, what direction they take as far as, you know, if they're making any coaching staff changes in the offseason, not necessarily at that head coaching level, but, you know, if there is a new defensive coordinator or some, some different assistance, whatever it be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just, you know, at the end of the day, it, this bears is, this bears team is going to look very different going into next year, no matter what happens, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's going to, there's going to be a lot of changes and it's going to be really interesting to see. I hope that it all works out for us. You know, my, my top, I, I think I've reiterated this before, but my top idea I think is going over and, you know, getting a free agent quarterback i think that makes the most sense especially with the free agent quarterbacks that have became available that are likely to become available um it just it just makes a lot of sense and man i mean tom brady moving teams has really just set a we're getting to this weird point in the nfl where 
college football is almost producing so much young, good quarterback talent that getting a starter and the the idea of a franchise quarterback is almost becoming, you know, less of a thing. If if this was a, a, like five years ago, we would probably be for sure sticking with Trubisky at this point. But because the college football rings are just getting us more and more talent, I mean, guys like Tom Brady are moving. I think that has to be a pretty correct statement. Because, I mean, if you look at the rookie quarterback class, I think, you know, it's fair to say that Herbert, Tua, and who else I'm looking at, Hurts, have all been very successful in, in taking it over. I mean... Hurts, we haven't quite gotten a huge like size of it, but you know, Tua also, you know, we didn't quite get a huge sample size. But I think it's kind of we're finding that, you know, you can go out there and there's higher success rates at finding some of these quarterbacks. I mean, even someone like Josh Joe Allen, Burrow. I think a lot of people were ready to mark as a bust, you know, really kind of turn it around and develop into something. So Joe Burrow too, and I mean, even like yeah, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson have been huge. Guys like Sam Darnold, the quote-unquote one of the busts of the class, have even been, you know, flashing at times. Everyone still recognizes that he's young and there's a lot of unknowns associated with it. Really, uh, Baker Mayfield, even Baker Mayfield, who I think personally is not a great quarterback, I think kind of a similar situation with Mitchell Trubisky where he's someone that you could probably win with, but he does have his own limitations as well. Maybe not quite as bad as Mitchell Trubisky, but still similar sentiment. I mean, these are good quarterbacks. We're talking about what, like nine starters right now that, that, have, that have came in the past two years. I mean, that's pretty, pretty damn good. And so we're hit, we're just, we're hitting this quarterback overload point where it makes it even if the bears don't get their future this year, we're going to be reaching a point to where things just, it, it makes it even more of a bigger issue, you know, because it's the, probably one of the easiest times to find a franchise quarterback in NFL history. And now it's, it, the Bears might not even do it. If they don't do it, it's going to look terrible on them. And honestly, I have really liked Matt Nagy since he's given up the play calling duties. I really think that he can develop a good offense. I just think that he is not a good play caller. And there's a lot of coaches in the NFL who are that way as well. You know, there's lots of guys in the NFL who don't call their own plays. Even Andy Reid, when he was calling his own plays for a while, he was getting some smoke. So finding guys to help you call plays, I mean, not only does it help you delegate responsibility let you be more focused on certain aspects i mean matt nagy was talking about oh we need to get the details right well the details have been right since he's done that he's been able to give more time to the little smaller things of the offense that he wasn't able to in the past so that's i mean i like matt nagy i really don't want to get him fired because we stick with mitchell trubisky for another year i also like ryan pace i know people think that's such a crazy sentiment that I like Ryan Pace even though he's provided this team with more talent than the past three regimes before him I mean it's it, 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 it I like I like the way the franchise is set up with everything except for the quarterback right now yeah and I think you know we're definitely definitely in agreement there so you know why don't we move on I think that you know real quick real are. quick hold on real yeah. quick 
I want to, uh, I, I want to, you know, give a quick shout out to, uh, the woman who, who came out and said that we have terrible Trubisky takes. Um, I, I find that very, very <laughs> comical considering she runs an entire YouTube channel about not wearing masks. So I, I think that the one that should be criticized on their take should potentially not be, you know, the one contributing to a global pandemic. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, whatever. We still welcome all comments. You know, I always, you know, love reading the comments and you know, some of them are better than others, <laughs> but, uh, you know, either way, I either get a laugh or, you know, maybe sometimes a little hurt, you know, down on the inside, but I mean, this is, this is for our podcast listeners. If you're a podcast listener, you're truly an elite of the elite because you're, we know you're, you're listening to at least 50% of what we're putting out. We know you're not just one of those casual listeners, like those guys on YouTube. So thank you guys. Yeah, always. Of course. And we know you're, you're the real ones that are really hanging in there. Big fans somehow put up with us. <laughs> and they'll also, they'll be very excited for this week 17 matchup against the Packers. I mean, it's all come down to this. It seems like it always, you know, somehow works its way into being a game against the Packers. It's all important. You know, it's basically a playoff game. Um, you know, except if they lose, there's still a chance that they could make it in as long as the Cardinals lose. So there is that little bit of a cushion but, you know, you feel like the Bears would definitely like to, to win on their own right, you know, win, get in there, keep carrying that momentum that they've been building. And, man, I have to think that one of the keys to this game is, you know, first off, we have to see how the weather is going to be because if it holds up being like how it is in Chicagoland, you know, right now or kind of just the north in general because I'm sure Wisconsin is getting it too, you know, weather could certainly be a factor in this game. Uh, you know, so it makes me think that, you know, one of the big keys in this game is going to be running the football. I think that, you know, it's been one of the Bears' strengths. Um, and it's very cliche to say that, you know, everyone's all, you know, what's the, what's the key to winning the game? Well, you got to run the football. And, you know, there's Pound so much, the rock. <laughs> there's so much more to it than that. But in, in very simple terms, you know, they need to stay committed to the run. Um, you know, all four quarters. I, I think, you know, Montgomery really starts to come alive later in the game as the defense wears down. You know, that physicality really starts to shine through. So they really need to stay with that and they need to keep doing what's working. Now, with that being said, I do think that, you know, they may need to try to do a few other little wrinkles, you know, maybe a few plays that, you know, they haven't, you know, really broken out. I'm not saying that the Bears need to do a bunch of trick plays, but, you know, a few things that aren't all over film for this Bears team because I feel like, you know, this Bears offense isn't overly complex to read or to understand. Um, and defensively, I mean, they're going to have to, you know, cover Devontae Adams, you know, fairly well. I mean, he's someone that seems to, you know, no matter what is always getting, you know, loads of targets loads of receptions loads of touchdowns i mean he is just honestly one of the best receivers in the league right now and yeah, he has been for a while but people have really kind of been sleeping on him and now finally it's kind of the year that everyone's really seeing it um and also with uh why am i blanking i know they have aj dylan as one of their backs who's Aaron their jones back? yeah with jones i mean they're gonna need to keep him you know under wraps they really 
I think one of the keys is going to be a shutdown that run game. And of course, you know, Aaron Rodgers is lethal passing, but you know, if they are letting both the passing game and the run game torch them, it's going to be a long game and tough for this bears offense to keep up. And, you know, that's really what's going to be. It'd be nice if the bears could control this game and they're not playing keep up, but Ooh, I don't know. Tough to call. Yeah. I mean, the very first thing that we need to recognize when kind of analyzing this matchup is that this Bears team is night and day different than when we met them back in November, late November, right after Thanksgiving. Uh, This team is completely different. You know, it's offensively just on a new level, a completely new level. Trubisky, it's not his first start back. And, you know, defensively, we kind of came out of that little rut we went through. Um, as it kind of felt like the defense was kind of giving up on us towards the end of the season or towards the middle of the season, shall I say. Um, You know, this inception of the Bears offense, as crazy as it sounds, is able to put up many points, you know. And this Packers defense is not great either. You know, we talked about they're better than some of the defenses we've played in the past couple weeks, but they're still not a high-end defense. They're still very middle of the pack, you know what I'm saying? And especially a lot of what the Bears do is going to work on them. It's going to be fairly, you know, it's not going to be the same difficulty to put up points that we've seen even in previous years when this Bears offense just wasn't really working at its finest. I think that we are going to put up a lot of points. But the one thing that I am scared about, as you mentioned earlier, Reese, is I am afraid of getting into a shootout. This this game, what is going to dis- determine this game, you know, at the end of the day is our defense. If our defense shows up and plays like it did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then we can certainly win this game. Like I know that even as a Trubisky doubter, people sometimes think I'm we're we're a little negative, but I think that the Bears can absolutely win this game if this defense shows up to play. You know. There's been a lot of times for the Packers where they've gotten in little offensive ruts themselves. And if we can force them, you know, into maybe a turnover early or just kind of throw things off or do, do enough things that's kind of causing chaos around them, we could potentially put this offense into another one of their ruts. I mean, the really the key to this game, besides you're obviously right with running the ball, the, the key to this game is Chuck Pagano keeping the Packers under 30 points or at 30 points. And at the if if Chuck Pagano does that, then I believe that this is a W. I, I believe that the Bears win this game if we keep the Packers under 30 points. What we don't want to do, as you were saying, is get in a shootout with Aaron Rodgers. And that's why, you know, when you're talking about the weather, I think it would absolutely benefit the Chicago Bears if it's just an extremely snowy game. Because then a lot of explosive offense is limited. It's going to become a lot more of a defensive, you know, run the ball type of game. And Aaron Jones is a good running back. Don't get me wrong, but he's not as much of a, you know, physical running back as someone like David Montgomery, I would say. And so really we're going to, we're going to be really having to do that. And it's possible to keep the Packers under 30. There's been many times this season that the Packers have given up just at 30. I mean, the Lions kept them to 31. The Panthers, they gave up only 24. Uh, the Eagles kept them at 30. The Jaguars kept them under 30. The Bucks and the Vikings, they all kept them well under 30. I think the Packers ended up scoring only like 22 against the Jaguars, if I remember correctly. But yeah, and they also, by the way, lost to a team or didn't lose to a team, 
came close to losing to a team that we just absolutely crushed. So this offense, it's not miss, it's not it's not exempt from these little down spurts that they have. So a part of winning this game is going to take, hey, maybe we catch the Packers at the right time. But a lot of it, I believe, just has to do if both units show up and do their job the way we know they can do, I believe the Bears will win the game. Yeah, and the Bears can't have, like, defensively can't have that bend but don't break mindset. I think that Pagano does need to turn it up, be a little bit more aggressive this week. You know, it, it does kind of seem counter logic. So you'd think, oh, against a good offense, maybe you'd want to play a little more conservative. But, you know, I really get the feeling this defense needs to do something to get, you know, this Packers offense off their game a bit. Like you said, put them through a bit of a rut, make them go through a lull where you can exploit them, you know, maybe go – you know, on a little bit of a run, build up a lead or, you know, whatever needs to be done, you know, you figure they'd be best off if they can just, you know, hit them in the mouth a little bit and maybe give them a little bit of something they won't expect. And I'm not sure if we'll get that. I think that this is a winnable game for the Bears. I know they're going to be playing fired up. It's a big game. Um, You know, they've been playing good football recently. They got momentum. So at least that's working on their side. At the same time, the Packers are great Packers. What was that? The Packers are the Packers are have some momentum too after they just destroyed the the Titans. Exactly. I, I was about to say, you know, they're playing a Packers team that's, you know, very good. This is one of the best Packers teams in a while, and that means a lot, saying, you know, basically being that they're usually at the top of this division, you know, commanding things and, you know, are always doing great because of Aaron Rodgers. But this is definitely a dangerous team and you know, I, I think the Bears have a chance. It's going to be close. It's going to be tight. I don't want to say anything as to, you know, whether or not they'll win or lose. Um, you know, hopefully they can go out there and, and, you know, at this point, you know, they've grinded out so hard to get that last wild card spot. It'd be good to see them do it. It'd be good for the team morale and all that. And uh, if not, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow, especially at being against the Packers. Yeah, you know, and it's not impossible for us to lose this game and get back, you know, and and stay in the playoffs. But, I mean, it's definitely going to be a major lull for this team if they do, and it's going to be really difficult. Um, but, man, it's just this this Packers team. I, the one thing that I think a lot of a lot of Bears fans they some think that just over because we're playing the Packers. I I don't agree with that. You know, the Packers. They have their own issues at times. Uh, Their defense, again, is not very stout. Really, another key is just, you know, if the Bears play, if their Bears defense plays the way that they played earlier on in the season, I think that this is going to be a a, a win for sure. If they play that well. But again, that's a huge if. If everything is clicking, that's a huge if. And if the Chicago Bears win this game, I mean, there's going to be a lot of hype on this team going into the playoffs. Yeah, that's for sure, and I think that, you know, it'll be well-justified hype. I think, you know, heading into the playoffs, if they're able to make it in, you know, they're on quite a tear, and I always say, you know, with the playoffs, go with the hot hand. I think the team that's riding some good momentum is always going to be lethal, and uh, the Bears would definitely be riding some good momentum there, knocking off, you know, the best team right now currently in the NFC, and I think that, you know, it's also a learning experience, a battle, you know, if, even if they're able to win a, a hard fought game, if that's how it ends up, you know, coming down, if it comes down to the wire, then, you know, this team is really going to be tested. And 
they're going to feel quite, you know, confident. So you always have like a team that's playing with confidence. I think that, you know, the offense being the way it is, I think there's definitely defenses out there that could maybe slow them down, give them a little bit of trouble, but it's hard to count this bears team out, especially because you know, you know, the defense can play at such a high level. And even though they haven't been showing it recently, you know, sometimes the bears just have those games where things come together. And sometimes they have those games where they really don't. I mean, this is a team that, you know, can really go through some phases and right now they're in a, in a pretty positive phase. And it's really just a matter of how much they can ride it out. I'm not particularly scared of anyone in the, in the NFC, probably the team I'm most scared of is probably the Packers, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, I, I think that's fair. Everyone else, I think, is, you know, on a on a decent day on any given Sunday, right? You know, or Saturday mm. with how these wild card games work. Um, the, the Bears could go out there and win. So I think that it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out for sure. And, yeah, 100%, you know, if this Bears team beats the Packers and they're going in the playoffs, there's going to be quite a lot of hype. The one thing that I'm afraid of is that the Bears are going to beat the Packers and then draw them the exact same week. Uh, that is not <laughs> that that would not be good for this team because I believe that this Bears team can beat the Packers. You know, one game any given Sunday, as you just said, uh, and I even believe that they could potentially go out later in the playoffs, potentially beat the Packers. What I don't believe is that they could beat them week to week, week after week. I do not believe that the Bears. Because just seeing how this team is week in, week out, I do not believe that they could put in two consecutive wins against this team. And, you know, that's kind of is is what it is. And I don't want to hype up this game more than it is, but this could quite frankly determine Mitchell Trubisky and Chuck Pagano's job. Nagy, I think, is surely safe at this point, especially with just the offensive resurgence with a quarterback like Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, that is on the play caller. And I believe Ryan Pace is safe as well uh, because he, you know, has a lot of rookies that are performing really well for him, making him look really good with the exception of Mitchell, even Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, he's performing well too. That's making him look better of a GM as well. And his coaching staff is performing better too. So uh, I think he's safe regardless of what happens. But man, if you can't beat the Packers, especially at home, I mean, what what are what are we even playing football for then? I mean, that's one of the most important matchups for, in our season every year. If you can't beat Aaron Rodgers at least one time a year, and this would be our second consecutive season getting swept if they beat us, if you can't beat Aaron Rodgers at least one time a year, you shouldn't be our quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, I think it's a, a fair way to see if they get into the playoffs. I mean, of course, it doesn't all come down to the game. There's some outstanding scenarios where they could make it in without winning. But I, I think it's kind of fair, you know, go out there, play the best and, and beat them. And you deserve to be in there and mix it up. And if they can't go out there and beat them, then, you know, it kind of just seemed fitting anyway. They couldn't make it in not to have that mentality of be like, oh, you know, I wouldn't care if the Bears make it in. It's just kind of like being realistic with you know my expectations i'm definitely gonna be a lot more excited if they can go out there and beat this packers team and you know obviously if they end up losing it then you know i would be far less inclined to think that they could actually go out there and do it again that you know maybe they had a bad game so yeah i I think that's fair and you know funny enough this game is going to kind of really impact our draft pick position as well you know if we make to the playoffs we're clearly going to have a lot worse of a draft pick um and so it kind of might be you know, a little, 
little uh, poetic justice, if you will, if we end up, uh, <laughs> this game will could potentially determine either, hey, prove to us that we would make the right decision with sticking with Mitchell Trubisky and everything, or uh, it, tell us that we need to find a new quarterback. I mean, it, I don't think regardless of the outcome of if the Bears make the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, I really don't think the Bears are in a bad situation. You know, I know we might not have the highest draft pick. You know, I know we might not have the most cap space, but this team, you know, yes, there's some older players on it, but there's a lot of young talent. We have a really good GM that's really good at identifying talent late in rounds that makes making picks a lot easier and has done very well with limited draft capital as of late. And it's just, it, 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 it's, there's a lot of optimism around this team. And I just, the one thing that I hope for is that we play well enough to keep that optimism going into the off season. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it'd make a huge difference as to, you know, keeping the eyes to the future. I mean, you know, realistically right now, I don't think this is a Super Bowl champion team, but Hey, I mean, that possibility is still out there, but, you know, keeping our eyes to the future, it's uh, definitely important. This is still definitely a very important game heading up. Is to, uh, it has a big impact on how some of these things are going to align for us. And honestly, it's the smallest little things in sports. You know, sometimes the most irrelevant things end up making huge differences. So you never really know that you're experiencing history or that you're making history until, you know, it's passed quite a bit of ways and you can see the effects of everything. But, you know, Either way, you know, what happens this weekend is going to is gonna have a big difference on what this Bears future looks like. Absolutely. And, you know, guys, that's going to be the end of the podcast. This is one of the longest podcasts we've done in a while, actually. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you guys are subscribed on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, thank you just as much. Uh, we're going to be trying to put out, again, more YouTube-specific content. So make sure to subscribe to us there. And uh, yeah, guys, just thank you so much. Stay safe out there. And, you know, let's hope to get this W uh, this weekend. I'm excited. Uh, you know, I'm pumped up. And man, this has got to be one of the most excited I've been. And, and honestly, optimistic I've been as a Bears fan, um, even going into the 2018 playoffs, just the way, the way this team is playing. So thank you guys so much. And we hope you have a, you know, good weekend, good rest of your week and bear down, guys. Bear down.